Growing Media is a proudly independent podcast produced by me, Michael Hall, with zero corporate or network interference in our content. But this means we are running on the smell of an oily rag over here. So if you like the show and would like to make a small contribution, you could head over to our Patreon. You can find the link in our show notes. The producers of Growing Media recognise the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay respects to Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. Community building takes many forms, so why not veggie growing? Farm It Forward is a social enterprise that's based in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales. It aims to connect landowners with young local growers, creating friendship and fresh produce. Farm It Forward coordinator Emanuela Prigioni is with us today to share the joys of community building. Do you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and uh, where your personal gardening journey started? I grew up in Europe, so I only came here when I was 19. Mm. So I grew up in the mountains, mostly actually, um, in Switzerland and in Italy, northern Italy. Beautiful. And I was brought up by my nonno, my my grandfather, my Italian grandfather, mostly because my parents were very busy. Mm. And he would take me out foraging for the entire day. Those were my days when I was little, um, preschool days. And I think that's where I got the bug, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he'd take me out foraging for hazelnuts and cherries and roadside apples. And um, that was just absolutely amazing. In uh, in my in the village where I lived in Switzerland, it was the French part of Switzerland, mm. and um, there was a market gardener in our village, and his name was Monsieur Liberté. That means Mr. Freedom, <laughs> <laughs> and he would let us just run around. All the kids in the village would just go and hang out in his market garden, uh, and people would come and 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 pick their own produce. And that was pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So when did you move to Australia? I moved here when I was 19. And uh, I moved here just out of curiosity because a lot of of very interesting uh, people in my family, or not a lot, two interesting people in my family who were artists moved out here or who were quite creative individuals came out here to live. So um, those were my great auntie and my great uncle. And on either side of my family. So wow. I was quite curious to see what, what Australia was all about. Yeah, yeah. And how did you find it coming out here? I mean, the, the climate's fairly different. <laughs> yes, yeah. It was really very, very, very different back then to anything I'd ever seen before. I'd visited Australia before a couple of times as a child, but mm. it was very, you know, just quite, quite incredible. I also... Just, you know, um, I loved uh, the I, – I, I moved to Sydney and I really loved um, the all the different backgrounds, all the different um, cultures that were around. Mm. And, yeah, I just – I stayed. I was here to stay. You're here to stay. <laughs> You've set up home in the Blue Mountains, which I suppose can be kind of similar. I mean, nowhere near as cold, let's be honest, but um, kind of similar climate to a European climate. 
Um, yeah, that's right. I am a bit of a mountain goat through and through. Hey, I, me too. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Farm It Forward. What is Farm It Forward? So Farm It Forward is a social enterprise that uh, grows local food for, for the community here in the mid-mountains. And we're a social enterprise, so we have um, four, four paid uh, farmers, young farmers who um, work on seven different properties. And altogether, it's one and a half acres of land under food, vegetable production. And we sell the produce. Um, we've just uh, transitioned to selling the produce direct to our community via a farm gate weekly. Oh, lovely. And uh, the beautiful thing is that none of the land that we grow on is is ours. It's all borrowed uh, from residents who are um, happy for us to grow food on their excess land or their unused land. And we we do a, a huge and integral part of what we do is actually social outreach. So once mm. a week we hold volunteer sessions where anyone from the community can come and help us on a different plot every week. And often the residents that whose land we grow food on are um, in category social categories that are at risk in the mountains of social isolation so young families with children and um, older residents with lower mobility um, or uh, recently retired or about to retire residents and um, yeah so it's been really fantastic to to reconnect um, those wonderful people to their community. Absolutely. Have you seen much change in those people in the landowners after having kind of that that social interaction that maybe they were missing or starting to miss? Have you seen like growth in those people? Absolutely. I've seen a lot of um, I've seen a lot of positivity coming out of this program in the sense that a productive garden actually really gives you a sense of purpose, even just knowing that a productive garden is happening on your land mm. really re-includes you in in, in a, a social system uh, just by knowing that you're enabling and helping this happen and you're helping to feed a local community. And it's it that gives people a great sense of hope and a great sense of purpose. And that's right. And that's not even not even just feeding the local community, but providing the local community with nutrient dense food, with um, food that we know hasn't traveled from across the world. Um, it's grown in our backyards, literally. Absolutely. And it's that that nutrient density from from looking after the soil because we use all regenerative growing methods mm. and that nutrient that nutrient density that comes from the amount of microorganisms and nutrients in the soils that we build uh, means that the produce tastes incredible and so yeah. it makes us happier and healthier overall. Um, the volunteers that come and help us as well get to take home produce. Okay. And so there's just so many positive ripple effects um, just in coming to help us and getting some skills and a lot of our volunteers start food gardens of their own at home. Lovely. And it's just a wonderful, a very, very logical system. 
well, yeah, that's it. it. It makes far more sense mm. than, you know, food coming from across the world and traveling into a supermarket and it's, you know, tight skinned and flavorless because it needs to be to get there. Um, Absolutely. What yes, are the yeah, other differences right. between kind of you, the product you're producing and something that you might find in a, in a big supermarket chain? Some differences are the fact that we do like to grow from heirloom seeds yeah. and uh, we do like to save our own seeds where we can. So the tomatoes, the cherry tomatoes that we grow have been grown um, by us for the last three years now and we've saved seeds from our previous tomatoes um, the previous season, which means that they have embedded in their DNA now more, in- more and more information about our local uh, situation in our local climate, which mm. is incredibly resilient if you think about it, uh, that we are growing on seed that is more and more accustomed to the place where we are, you know, hyper-local, and, and, and that's really important too. And that has to be nourishing our bodies with, with, with nutrients that uh, are almost required because we do live here also, just as the plants do. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And also, as opposed to a lot of um, the veggies that you get from supermarkets, which are hydroponically grown and often grown in soils that are devoid of any of any life or, or beneficial microbes, it means that, um, yes, the taste, as you were saying before, the taste uh, is gone mm. and there is a lot of water. It's, it's really not as uh, nourishing also in microorganisms. So that there are some traces of beneficial soil microbes that, our bodies are really hardwired for, you know, has been for for eons to to ingest and that make our gut well and make our um, own microbiome really healthy as well. Mm. Um, so speaking about the volunteers as we were before, um, obviously they get skills, they get um, companionship. Uh, what else are they benefiting from? The beauty of our volunteer sessions is that they're extremely diverse in age. So there's a lot of social connection that is quite intergenerational. Mm. So you get quite a, a, a wide perspective of your community, not just the people your age, but also people from all different walks of life. And that's really beautiful. There are some incredible um, things that happen where, you know, people bring their kids along and then the, you know, the older people help with the younger kids, et cetera. cetera. It's just so, so wonderful. And then there's also the younger people who come and just reconnect and, and just it's, it's such a lovely buzz about our volunteer sessions and it's, it's just wonderful. The, um, the, the thing is that you, you do pick up a lot of skills and you pick up a lot of connection in the sense of, of social uh, connectivity. So, you know, you hear that someone's doing something else further afield or you go and you know, help them on their farm where you hear about a farm that's not too far away that someone's working on, et cetera. So it's just really wonderful in that sense. Like a, a spider web putting out its sort of like tendrils and, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. embedding itself yeah. in the entire community. It really is a, all about community building. It is, yeah. It's that, that idea of interconnectedness that, 
you know, I, I always love to to quote Rachel Carson. She says that nothing in nature exists alone. Mm. Um, and I, I have to say, we as humans have been kind of taught um, by consumerist culture to that we have to be independent, and that's that's quite a myth. It's uh, we nothing in a natural system works independently from something else. Everything is interdependent. We need to depend on each other in a healthy way and we need to be interconnected to to be happy. That's right. Speaking of that interconnectedness, uh, you mentioned before about taking care of soil um, and, uh, you know, uh, regenerative growing. Can you dive deep into that what is regenerative i can't even say it regenerative (laughs) (laughs) what is that (laughs) so regenerative growing is a, a method of growing where you're not depleting the soil so yes you are harvesting your food and that means you're removing some of the nutrients from the soil but you are cycling it back into the soil by topping up uh, with compost at the end of each season at the beginning of each season you make sure that there is plenty of organic material in your soil so that it provides habitat for beneficial soil microorganisms Mm. and you let plants uh, function the way they do in a natural system. So you don't feed them fertilizers, which I like to call junk food for plants. It's <laughs> fast food that they have access to straight away. It's in a soluble form. Whereas really in a natural system, no one's out feeding, giving, you know, spreading fertilizers in forests, and yet the trees and the plants thrive there. Mm. And the reason for that is that um, plants have an inbuilt swap system and and it's you know we were talking about interconnection before plants are interconnected with the microbes in the soil they create sugars a lot of the photosynthetic process the process of of the that the plants have to um, get some energy from the sun and convert it into sugars and and you know starches a lot of that happens in order to feed those starches to beneficial microbes in the soil. And the reason they do this is to get their nutrients in return because those microorganisms are the ones that are holding the nutrients locked up in their bodies. Mm. And by trading them some sugars, uh, Dr. Elaine Ingham, who's a wonderful soil microbiologist, loves to call them cakes and cookies. The plants make cakes and cookies (laughs) to give to the uh, beneficial soil microbes so that the beneficial soil microbes will exchange nutrients in return. So they don't get anything for free. (laughs) It's not fast food. Um, And that's, that's a wonderful system. It's, it's since the beginning of time, um, that is how plants have thrived. And that's what we need to, how we need to start growing our plants without um, making the system too human centered. So just to clarify, the idea is, is that um, instead of using uh, synthetic fertilizers or junk food, um, <laughs> you're using plant material composts and I assume some natural um, fertilizers uh, like manures and putting that back into the soil to feed the soil not feed the plant 
That's right, exactly right. Yeah. So it's really very much about feeding the soil, making sure that the soil is healthy and, and the soil contains habitat for beneficial microbes. So, yeah, we, we use um, a lot of aged manure as well. Mm -hmm. So not fresh manure, composted manure. Uh, and that adds an incredible amount and of course that mimics the natural in a natural system uh, mammals and and animals that live on the forest floor <laughs> leave their droppings and that is that manure that keeps soil healthy and composts down with dried leaves on the forest floor so you're really mimicking it's called biomimicry you're mm. mimicking a natural system so I imagine when you start a plot when um, you know I'm a landowner and I've got a bit of spare land I give you a call how does the process work? What's next? Take me through sort of the full transition of a spare bit of land that someone has right through to growing beautiful veggies. <laughs> you know what's really interesting is that um, some artists that have visited us in the past love it because it, it happens within a day. Oh. Um, so generally we um, we get the landowner to mow all the way, down, if there is any grass, to mow the grass all the way down to the ground. And then we take it on. We take it on from then, from there. Usually, we do a nice volunteer call, call out, so we, we make quite a an event of it. Bit of a working bee. Yes, and um, so we bring lots of compost, and we cover the entire area with um, cardboard from the local uh, liquor store because liquor store cardboard doesn't actually have sticky tape on it so you can use it oh, okay. straight away oh that's a good tip actually <laughs> yes so we cover the entire area with uh cardboard which you know is quite a large area and it's great it's a great use of cardboard instead of putting it through an energy intensive recycling process and uh then after that we form our beds with a really big thick layer of compost so that we're really um, adding a good 30 to 40 centimeter layer of compost down and that's how we form our our beds that we're going to grow food in and then we get a local arborist who's super supportive here to um, dump a lot of wood chip uh, in the area for us and we form our paths with arborist mulch so arborist wood chip the beauty of arborist wood chip is that it's free yeah. <laughs> and it's a wonderful habitat for fungi. So we find that it's a wonderful thing to use in paths because it also allows for fungi to, to thrive and mm. um, it, it transfers over also to, to the soil. And then we mulch, of course, we mulch the compost beds that we've made in order to protect them and not to expose them to direct sunlight for too long. And often we actually plant on the same day. So we, we okay. have a greenhouse and we also get some beautiful organic seedlings from Carmen at Patio Plants. And that, away we go. And within a day, we put in uh, really energy efficient, we really water efficient drip irrigation usually, which is mm. really easy to assemble. We've done it so many times. <laughs> and also probably allows you to take a step back then and go, I know it's okay. 
That's right, exactly. That is really um, a, quite an important part of what we do is all of our all of our growing plots are on a timed drip irrigation system. So they go off once a day and water plants really regularly and we don't have to worry about that that part. Lovely. So it's really great. Some some of our plots are on tank water and some of our plots are on town water, but we cover the cost of town water when we use it. Okay. We have special water meters. And that's about it. That's that is and it's like a it's really like a performance almost. We haven't never done a a time lapse of it, but maybe we should oh, in the should. next one. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so do we think do you think this is a, a model that can be expanded nationwide? Should we be seeing a farm at Ford in every community? I think every neighbourhood definitely should have a farm at Forward, absolutely. So it is a beautifully replicable model and it is um, flexible enough so that you can, you don't, you wouldn't need to apply it as a one-size-fits-all. You, you could tweak it to suit your particular context. And for peri-urban and suburban environments, it's absolutely ideal. Mm. It, um, it's a win-win. Our, you know, we're lucky here in the Blue Mountains. We've had a very supportive council, and councils love the idea. You know, a council that cares about its people loves the idea of nipping issues in the bud. Uh, to do with social isolation, to do with community health, with community connectedness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, no council wants to funnel heaps of uh, elderly people in aged care facilities and mm. no council wants to see, uh, you know, people's health degrade and mental health degrade due to social isolation. So it makes, it does make perfect sense uh, in peri-urban and suburban environments. I bet there is a number of people out there um, at the moment, uh, you know, during this pandemic that have probably seen their elderly friends and family deteriorate, you know, quicker than they have because of that social isolation. So I suppose my question would be, um, were you able to still work throughout? The yes, we were. We were able to still work. So uh, food production is absolutely an essential service. Yes. So um, we we were able to continue operating. We could take we couldn't have large volunteer sessions, but we could take one or two volunteers with us on our plots. Uh, and of course, we are on a good amount of outdoor area, which mm. meant that we could absolutely ensure um, uh, social distancing and that with wearing appropriate masks, et cetera, et cetera, it was completely safe for us to continue doing what we were doing. And it meant that those people did not get socially isolated in in a COVID environment, lockdown environment. Mm, fantastic. Um, so what's next for Farm It Forward? What are the plans? <laughs> so we've just, um, we, we, we uh, obtained a, farm business resilience scholarship so we have a, a business coach and she's just absolutely wonderful and uh, the she's really helping us with our systems you know with our market gardening systems with yeah. our farm gates uh, with our new farm gate system and we want to really streamline all of these things so that 
the model becomes even more replicable and more easily um, communicated to others who want to start in their local area. How could we support Farm It Forward for the future? <laughs> well, uh, there's a couple of ways. You can come and volunteer if you're if you're local to the Blue Mountains. We have people coming from Sydney. It's quite Do amazing. You? Oh, great. People coming from Canberra even <laughs> and volunteer with us. So it's lovely. Uh, you can also buy our produce if you're local to the Mid-Mountains. Mm. That really supports us and what we do. If you're further afield, we have a crowdfunding campaign online. So if you jump on our social media sites, you'll see that there is a link to our Chuffed crowdfunding campaign. Uh, we're, we're raising money to build a mobile farm stall so that we can go and uh, sell our produce a little bit further afield in the mountains. Beautiful. And yeah, that's a great way to support what we do is jump on there. We've got lots of beautiful t- fair trade t-shirts and totes and cards and um they're just lovely gifts that you can get for christmas they for are. your friends those cards don't they? they have seeds in them don't they they look fantastic <laughs> yes that's right yeah we have we have cards that are embedded that have um lettuce seeds <laughs> embedded so in them good. Yes, that's it's really it's really fun, and we've you know we've had a few misprints, so we've had fun um, testing them out as well. <laughs> <laughs> and they work well. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Emanuela. Um, I really appreciate the time today, and um, I'll be putting all your links to Farm It Forward to yourself and to that fundraiser within our show notes below. Um, so all our listeners out there, please check that out. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to you, our listeners. I really appreciate you tuning in week on week. It would do us a massive favour if you could rate and review the show. It uh, just helps get the word out there about us Also, drop us a line if you have an idea or you have someone in mind that you would love to hear on the show. I'm willing to hear it. I want to know. Um, Also, don't forget to tell your two best buds about us. Follow us on social media. And uh, hooroo, I'll see you in a fortnight.